got a special edition of the Sunshine Show today, and I'm very excited about it. Cool, man. So I want to welcome everybody to a special edition of Church uh, on the Sunshine Show. I've got a very, 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 very special guest in the house. I'm so excited to bring this guy exclusively to you guys. Just dropped an album recently. I mean, he's off the motherfucking chain. Uh, we got the one and only uh, motherfucking Jay the Rebel in the house. What's up, my brother? What's up? What's up? Speak the Rebel. What'd I say? You said Jay the Rebel. Everybody drink. Drink one. <laughs> Did I really say that? Oh, God. Yeah, that's all right. Whatever. Hey, we're good. I, I love it. So me and Speak were talking right before we got on here, and I was telling him that as I've been uploading these shows to the podcast, I've been realizing how many times I stutter, how many times I say cool, and how many times I say sweet. So I think that we should turn it into a drinking game. It doesn't have to be alcohol. It could be uh, your favorite beverage, sparkling water, a spritzer, I mean, some juice, you know, whatever juice. you want. Whatever you want, the purple drink. Uh, so anytime, <laughs> anytime I stutter, anytime I say sick, sweet or cool you guys take a drink i guarantee we will all be having to go to the bathroom before the end of this show uh so <laughs> if you guys are ready i'm motherfucking ready to go uh <laughs> and i want to know all about you motherfucking speak tell me the history of how you came to be who you are today oh jesus ah uh basically i have been cursed with uh being a musician or wanting to be a musician since i was like eight uh i got a guitar put in my hand at eight it oh was, nice so you actually play music as well mm. yeah so i started playing guitar early then i started playing bass um and i actually like like a lot of people like our age that grew up like mid 90s late 90s i was in a band in high school um and I, so i came up in like the punk hardcore metal scene um and also like that rap rock shit was really popular like 99 2000 um so like i've always had a fascination with with music like that basically um I've always been huge into reggae um but it was tough being in a band in high school, actually, for it was from like the age of like 14 to 22, I was with this band. So, um, so I gained a lot of like my early experience from that. And these were the days like we were recording on reel to reel and handing out paper flyers for shows. There was no Facebook. It was uh, there was nothing. It was, it was the dark ages of it was, music. It was all organic. So, hey, Tadpole. So, are you telling me that you played bass in a band for 10 years? I did. Yeah, oh. in, front of, in front of other people. Oh, excuse me, Mr. I'm not going to join Sunshine and the Bass Kids because <laughs> I'm too cool. What? Sunshine and the Bass Kids. Join today if you have not joined, folks. It's an amazing and beautiful group where you can share anything you'd like within reason without judgment 
Go ahead. <laughs> Plenty of judgment from me. Um, <laughs> so, so I came up in that, and uh, basically, like when it when it came college time, uh, everyone kind of went their separate ways, and I uh, decided that I no longer wanted to date five other people in order to make music. Because being in a band is the worst relationship you will ever have in your life. Um, and most blessed, I can't be totally negative, but all the band people know the deal. Even if your band is successful, you're still like, dude, I can't deal with your shit. Um, so I decided, you know, like the path of least resistance for me was, I was always into hip hop. I was always into electronic music, dance hall, things like that. That's kind of like the music of my youth. And I decided, like, especially as a lyricist, singer, that it was like, you know what, it's time to go out and try something new. And so this has been like 12 years of that, basically. Um, I came up in like 2006, 2007. I started playing shows and started releasing albums, which were fucking terrible. Um, but it's like anything else, you know, like the, the more time and work you put into it, the more you get out of it. So it was cool having the experience of like pounding the pavement, hustling that way, passing out flyers and tapes and shit to, uh, to it. This, this Facebook advertising shit is a layup, uh, especially if you play shows and tour. So, um, what was I saying? Yeah. So. That was kind of my formative years. Um, and then it's just kind of, it's it's taken off. Um, I took, so the whole thing, my whole thing now is the last year and a half, uh, I'm, I'm on this comeback trail. So I took four, almost five years off from music whatsoever. Did you, uh, were you just burnt out or what was the- No, deal? so, so my mom, I don't know if you know about my mom or a lot of people don't. Um, my mom ended up coming down with uh, bacterial meningitis and a strep pneumonia infection, which is like a one in 300 million people. Wow. Uh, so my mom ended up becoming a quadruple amputee after months and months in the hospital. Um, and basically I was at a point in my life where it was like, yeah, it's not really like appropriate to be playing shows two or three nights a week. Well, my mom is at home learning how to walk again and learn how to basically do everything all over again. Um, so at that point, like music didn't matter. It, yeah. just, it was not, you know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> of course, that's amazing. That's very sweet of you to, to do that. And, you know, and sometimes we have to do that in our lives. We just have to take a break and reassess things and help out the loved ones in our lives that, that need help. So, you know, my hat's off to you on, on doing that. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, the only family that I have is my mother and my daughter. So to me, it was like, that's what you do. Like, I'm not a hero. I'm not like a hero because of it. It's just, that's common sense to me. It's like, you take care of your people. Um, so, yeah, so I took, I took that time off. And uh, first couple years was fine. It was like, whatever, music was a thing I used to do. Uh, and then slowly, it just started eating away at me. Uh, it was, you know, like I, 
I started fading out of the scene and to the point where people had no friggin' idea who I was. And then there was a lot of whack shit that was coming out. And a lot of people getting shine that you're like, dude, no, like this is terrible. Um, so that kind of like, I was sitting back just pissed and resentful and uh, said, you know what? Like if you're miserable about this and you, you aren't liking this then do something about it. So I decided to come back and I decided that this time uh, I would enjoy it and not take it overly serious. And it's funny cause like the less pressure I put on myself, the more successful it's been. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I went back to playing in front of like five people in the bartender again and did time being the fucking new guy again, which killed me, but it, it, it was what it was. Like I was kind of a never was Ben. So I've spent uh, two years getting back to uh, playing in front of, you know, a couple thousand people again and selling albums and recording and all of that. So I'm back on my bullshit. Awesome. <laughs> so for the people out there that may have taken a break and don't really know how to get started again, do you have any advice for them? Oh, humble yourself. Um, I had to just keep telling myself that like, bro, you're, you're an absolute nobody and you need to rebuild and kind of drop the pride and drop the ego. Um, and it's actually pretty freeing, you know, because then you start appreciating it because you, you weren't able to do it for so long. Um, but it, it's like once you dust yourself off, you, you still know, like, the rules to the game. You know what I mean? Like, you still know how to book shows. You still know how to get people to come to them and sell albums and, and all that. So it was, it was just kind of like starting over again and uh, – having the benefit of experience yeah. so you know all of my connections were still there and all the people that were rooting for me were still rooting for me um and it's like anything else man if it's something you want to do don't give up on it yeah sometimes i think people um get a little overwhelmed um and just get very frustrated and don't really know, you know, the next step to take. And I think sometimes it's okay to take a break and just, yeah, you know, re like I said earlier, reassess everything and just kind of see where you are in your career and where you want to go. And, you know, if you've made mistakes or, well, you know, whatever, like you can always like correct those, yeah. those mistakes. And every day you have a chance. I've said this many times before to uh, be um, a new person and, and you know, be a better person. And I think it's amazing. And I think it's really good for everybody's career to reinvent themselves yeah, every now and then. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And for me, I like to do it, you know, once every couple of years. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what, you know what though? Like it, it's all just, it's, gaining experience and it's it's pouring it into whatever your next project or mission is um you know um i'm pretty hard on myself you know so that kind of motivates me is uh i'm never satisfied with anything i do uh so but i think a lot of artists are that way and it pushes you to 
keep trying new shit and keep trying to reinvent your sound and modernize and all that. Yeah, so for um, those of us who may not know what you do, could you give us a little example? Yeah, it, what do you mean? I'm sorry. I mean, can you show us what, what you do? I mean, maybe, you know. You want me to rap for you? I mean, maybe. Can you show us what you got? <laughs> you know, I've listened to your album. Uh, oh God. Or we could we could play one of your tracks. I mean, yeah, we'll play it. We'll play a song. I'm in a talking mood right now. Okay, cool. Um, that works too. I normally don't people put people on the spot like that, but I thought that that would be fun. But I also have a copy of your album since I did purchase it. Oh, did you? yeah, that's right. I guess I sure that's did. That's right. Thank you. And for anybody out there who purchases um, Speak's album, you too can have your head photoshopped in a picture. <laughs> uh, and that's one of the really amazing, everybody take a drink, uh, things about these, this guy is that he's very funny. His sense of humor kind of just uh, drew me to him and his personality um the way that he sells his albums and just the way that he goes around goes around promoting himself is a very unique approach and um i like it do you want to tell us a little bit about your um hashtag bma yeah. movement absolutely well um i decided that i'm more than just a fucking stunningly gorgeous man and that people were gonna respect me <laughs> if people were gonna respect me there had to be substance behind it you know what i'm saying uh some sex symbol shit. oh so, my god so, <laughs> so I, you know i was like man i gotta i gotta flex the personality on them um I honestly don't even know how the buy my album shit. Anyone who knows me that's friends with me on on Facebook, we have a lot of mutual friends. So I've just been jamming this down people's throats. I'm an indie artist to the max. Uh, I have n no budget. Uh, I'm self-recorded, self-mixed and mastered. My friends produce for me. Um, my boys in Canada uh crate baptist records pushes a lot of my stuff for me um you know in addition to myself so basically like when you can't afford facebook ads on the reg and you're just begging people to listen to your music never mind buy it uh i just got creative with the i figured i would just add buy my album to my talk shit posts which uh i'm <laughs> You know, I'm not proud of them, all right? I'm not proud of some shit that comes out of my face. And, you know, uh, it just comes. And basically, I'm just trolling at this point. I, I'm just, I don't know how it turned into, but I'm like cyberbullying my fans all of a sudden. Oh uh, my God, you've heard it. Do you have your volume up on your Facebook or am I just feeding back? I uh, no, I don't, even have, I don't even have Facebook open. Oh, you don't? Okay, it's me then. Yeah. Let me see, maybe I have my volume on over here. Um, wait, okay, so you've heard it here first, folks. Um, Cyberbullying your fans um, equals to a huger fan base. <laughs> and, you know, I've heard this before. I don't know I, uh, what happened. I don't know, I've took, on, I've took on this role of like some like, some like 
fascist snobby musician you know and i'm like in real life like that's not that's not really me but it kind of is like in my mind through this crazy character and stories that i've made up through punchline rap um so yeah I, it's basically just it's it's just me begging people for attention basically um there's really like no method behind it except people to just be like wow this dude's on some shit let me let me listen to the album let um, me let me help him and um help him with his psycho uh, psycho uh <laughs> medications and help with the donation fund no i'm just joking um, yeah that's I'm, what i'm saying Hey, I was very impressed to read today that you go to the library. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure what exactly you're doing at the library these days since everything is accessible on the internet, but I am very proud of you for going to your local library and people are actually yelling at you on the streets to go buy my album. So this is actually working. Yeah, so it's, it's funny because I kind of feel like, like this is turned into some Rick James shit, you know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, Fuck your couch. Fuck your couch. Yeah. So like when I when I when I first came up and I had a lot of momentum going and I was playing with like KRS One and Duck Down and shit like that. Um, oh shit, dude! Really? I yeah, saw man, KRS One a, a couple of years. Or it's, it's been like probably ten years ago. I saw him. Uh, I think in like San Francisco, he did just like this special show at Yoshi's. The tickets were like fucking like two hundred dollars or some Damn, shit like that. But that dude's a G. That's old school. I had no idea that um, that you go that far back. So what the fuck, dude? Give me the history. Give me yeah, the rundown. So, so when I when I um, that was that was like at the peak of where I left off in like two thousand fourteen. So literally the last show I played sold out Middle East Boston, which is like our CBGBs, basically, as okay. like the spot. So uh, I'm like local headlining, like, thank you, good night, like high five and KRS-One handed them the mic shit. And then my, my life blew up and they went to music career for a minute. Um, so yeah, I just I completely lost my train of thought. Oh, so during that time period, one of the first songs that I came out with that like actually got buzz was called Bear Grills. And so like I'd be around town and people would be yelling at me, motherfucker and Bear Grills. Uh so so yeah, so like I'm out in public and uh you know, literally like someone drove by and was like, Yo, buy my album. Like yo, like I don't, I don't know how I became that, but that's that's how I became. And I gotta say, like on a on a serious note, uh, I've sold like seventy albums this way in in three weeks. So like, people are really supporting me, and I'm like, I'm super grateful for that. I know those are extremely small numbers, but when you're like one dude trying to make this work and all your festival shows got canceled for the summer it's uh it's pretty cool so yeah no that's badass and i love to see that there are people coming to you know the musicians aid and, and helping everybody that's kind of out there like everybody's like needing help right now and and it's great to see that <laughs> excuse me uh your approach to bullying your fans is working for you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I do balance it out though with like sincere thank yous. 
and like yeah you know. no i was super excited to see um the album photoshopped on my head um Hell yeah was, man but... everybody got it at least it wasn't on your kid like my boy shane oh my <laughs> <laughs> No, I love it. I love it. I think you're super funny and I just, I love your personality and that's, you know, it's, it's something that really attracted uh, me to want you to come on the show and just kind yeah, of give you. us a little history and, you know, just tell us about you. Can you um, tell me a little bit about your influences? Oh man, I am all over the place. Uh, basically what made me fall in love with music as a kid was the Beatles. I was a Beatles junkie and still Oh shit, am. I would have never fucking Yeah, oh my either. god, yeah. Yeah, uh, so that was like, that was like the foundation for everything. Um, and then, you know, like I've gone through different periods of my life. When I was younger, was all about like you know Pink Floyd which I still am but like I would get obsessed and like deep into these bands and then I would want to find out you know who influenced them and, and then I'm like down this crazy rabbit hole I've always been huge on researching who was inspired by what and who was working with who and, like, to, the, to the point where like I was, I make mixtapes sometimes or playlists just based off of like who produced something. Um, so it started there uh, as a teenager, like metal was everything, metal and punk. Um, you know, uh, I mean, like, I'd say like The Clash is probably my favorite group. Bad okay. Brains, Suicidal Tendencies. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, then I got like that super white kid suburban side where like Slipknot is the greatest band ever. Yeah, dude. And, and I like, some Slipknot. Yeah, and like Hatebreed and System of a Down, shit like that. Um, but I, so I fell in love with hip hop basically at like, oh, Jesus, I think it was like 11 or 12 when Wu-Tang dropped Forever. And there was a video for uh, Triumph that was on MTV, uh -huh. and that was that was my shit, um, and that led me to like Cypress Hill, House of Pain. Me and my neighbor, we joke about this all the time, but like we were kids, like 12, 13, trying to break dance to House of Pain in dude's living room, like so. So it all kind of started from there, and then just. Wait, wait, wait. To, uh, so you're telling me that you uh, cut the, the cardboard? Yeah, oh yeah, we had the whole, no, it was hardwood floors. You know what I'm saying? But do you so, get down? Do you, do you still break no, hands? No, oh, Jesus Christ, no. Oh, come on, we want to see, we want to no see way. some moves right now. Could you, could, you, could you please? I got nothing. No, I don't pride myself on my Just do it on the dining room table right there. Like, I know you're sitting right next to your dining room. No, I got. everything off. I got, I got the Michael Jackson. Fuck okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh shit! I saw this. I saw. I saw this. I saw this chick uh, hula hooping and doing the um, the moonwalk the other day on the nice. video. Yeah, and I was like, damn, that's fucking Jesus. badass. And then I started thinking, like, why don't I know how to do the moonwalk? Like, why have I not learned that by now in my life? I feel like that's right? an essential thing everybody should learn how to do. You know what's the crazy thing is like I've spent so much time on stage in front of people dancing that I have no idea how to dance to live music. It's like I've had to teach myself over the years like how to be a fan 
and dance. You know what I mean? Because I'm so used to like breath control and timing and especially rapping. I mean, you're going in for an hour, hour and a half. So it's like, I can't, I can't be doing too much on stage or else I'll be croaking. Uh, um, that's why you should be break dancing more. Okay. Uh, dude, we're we're talking like twenty something years ago. Uh, well, anyways, I challenge everybody at home and all the listeners to learn the moonwalk and then send in your videos to me to be featured at a later date. <laughs> I'm going to try that. Yeah, I think you should. And, um, and I think we ugly. should, like, do it with our instruments, our bass guitars. I mean, whatever you got, like, just fucking learn the moonwalk, add some pizzazz to it. Send the video to me, and we're going to fucking air that shit at a later date. It's going to be so good. And I'm going to get Oliver. I'm even going to get Oliver to learn the moonwalk. And for those of you who don't know who Oliver Edgar William Nelson Cantu to the first power is, that is my 200-pound mini pig. Oh, that's right. You have a pig. I forgot about that. How could you forget? I thought I we don't, were best that friends. I cannot even believe. Yeah. Where does the pig live? It, uh, with me, and he likes No, 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 like inside, like a month. Of course, he's my little baby guy. He's my little baby bear. And <laughs> I bought this huge bean bag for him um, over here. I think you can kind of see it. Um, I bought it. Yeah, really yeah, big. yeah. It's like a huge. And so he sleeps in there now <laughs> because he wanted to, he like loves to sleep in bed with me, but um, he's just too big. So he like takes up the whole fucking bed. And it's like, goddamn, it's That's like a. Hilarious. Like, tsunami coming in the middle of the night because sometimes he still like wakes up and like jumps in bed with me which is like it's fine i love him that's awesome um but yeah so i'll teach him the moonwalk too and i think uh we'll do this together as a group and it will unite us as one yeah it will oh it's gonna be <laughs> ugly on this end but yeah i'm with it <laughs> no i'm so excited to see your video i'm like so excited i can't wait um tell us about the first concert that you went to First concert that I went to, uh, that was a legitimate concert. Uh, let me preface this with, I was raised by a single woman who was in her early 20s when I was born. So by the time I was a teenager, she was still in her 30s. Um, and my mother has this thing for uh, like lesbian folk singers. Oh, hell uh, yeah, mom. So that is like a huge influence on me randomly. Like in, like the Indigo Girls and like Melissa Etheridge, Tracy Chapman. Um, um, so this is a genre of music, lesbian folk. Yeah, lesbian folk music. Shout oh. out to the lesbians, man. I love the lesbians. <laughs> so, <laughs> Straight up. So, so, so you've heard it here. Once again, I like you've heard, you, you I like it. the gays as well. I'm full. I like, I'm down with the LGBT community. Oh, I think yeah. that's, I think that's very rare for a lot of dudes in rap. Um, but that's, uh, that's ingrained in me, you know? Um, so my first concert was Tracy Chapman. At the, Orpheum, at the Orpheum in Boston, um, which was like a really intimate small theater. Uh, and this was around the time that, um, the, what was that? So like, Give Me One Reason to Stay Here came out. So like, she was like kind of- like only a song that anybody knows her for. Which is bullshit, like... which is bullshit because she has like three other albums that are just killer. That like, if you're going through a breakup and like you want to kill yourself through music, 
Tracy Chapman albums are the way to go. Oh my God. Mine are um, Ben Harper and Jack I Bronson. love Ben Harper. Oh yeah, absolutely. That'll get me depressed real quick. Yep. Put that on repeat. No, thank you. Please bleed so I know <laughs> that you can be healed. <laughs> That's my shit right there. What the fuck is wrong with me? No, one time I signed up for a marathon in Austin, like, just to see Ben Harper. Like, I don't even think that I ran the fucking marathon. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, I just showed up at the end so that I could see this motherfucker. Like, I am that huge of a Ben Harper fan. But, like, <laughs> on the for real, though, like, his shit is depressing as fuck, some of it. Oh, it's hell like, yeah. Dude, yeah. Like, could it we is. sing, like, about some happy stuff, like, yeah, that's not in the repertoire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so that was my first concert. So um, Tracy Chapman, dude, that's so Tracy fucking Chapman, badass. I think the concert that probably changed my life as a 14-year-old that it affirmed that I wanted to be a musician was uh, Slipknot and System of a Down. We're out on tour together. Uh, and as 14-year-old me, it was just like, it was the greatest experience of my life. It was oh the first time God. I ever smoked pot. Like, it was amazing. It was so, the greatest thing ever. <laughs> so you saw um, Slipknot and um, System of a Down in fucking concert? Yeah, in Worcester Centrum, 2001. What drugs were you on? Uh, I was 14, so it was, it was marijuana, and I don't even think that... Uh, it, you know, I felt anything. <laughs> it's okay. Just for everybody who's wondering, um, Speaks Mom is in the room, so he does have to censor him a little, censor himself a little bit. So I'm pretty sure he was on acid, marijuana, yeah, cocaine, no, and not... all other illicit drugs when he went to go see Slipknot and System of a Down. But that's just my, you know, thought on it. I may I'm be wrong. Such, I am such a drug virgin. It's ridiculous. No, that's I good. Get, I get made fun of because I am 33 years old and have never done cocaine or anything else. So Dude, that should be rewarded. I'm very never proud tripped. of you. <coughs> yeah, I don't know how that happened. Hey, keep um, that corona to yourself over there. I know. Yeah, smoke is crap. <laughs> Um, no, that's good. I don't think that just because you're a musician, you have to go out and try every fucking drug. I don't think just because yeah, exactly. you're a kid, you have to go out and be peer pressured. And I like give props to anybody that's able to like fight and beat peer pressure because it's like a real thing. And it like, unfortunately, reels a lot of people in. So props to you. Like, that's badass yeah, to be able yeah. to go see a show like that. You know, dude, I fucking, I love System of a Down. And I still listen to them. I don't really listen to Slipknot as much, but dude, I used to jam the fuck out of some Slipknot for sure. Mm. It's the energy. I like being up. You know what I mean? Like, especially my music is really kind of like furious and fast paced. Um, so I'm like a total speed junkie when it comes to music. Uh, basically, the faster the better. Like, I'll, I'll bang out Slayer. Well, you know what I mean? Like, just to feel that rush. <laughs> yeah. Talk to me about your uh, writing process. Oh, um, I am. So for me, if I get an opening phrase, if I get one sentence, something that's catchy um, right off the bat, 
I basically, uh, I'm at the point with my writing now where like, once I got that, it's a wrap. Okay. Uh, so the, the older I've gotten, the, uh, the faster I've gotten at writing, but I'm also uh, very kind of obsessive about it where I pour over what I write and I make changes and I practice and practice and practice and practice before I record anything. Um, you know, so, so I'll have like three or four songs going on at a time that I'm working at um, and I'll jump between them all and Basically, like, I just try and give them time to evolve um, because, you know, you'll be writing something one day that you think is cool and then you come back a couple of days later and you're like, ah, that's kind of whack. Let me change that out. So by the time I get to actually releasing something or recording a track, like, I will have poured over this and changed it probably 15, 20 times. Um, and that's just kind of how I am. Uh, one of my biggest influences for that was, was Rakim. Um, you know, that's why dude was so tight at the time and, and ahead of his, his peer group, uh, because like, it was a science to this dude. Uh, it was like, I'm not just going to settle for good enough. Um, you know, and, and sometimes for me, like, I think the other important thing is like, you need to know when to like walk away from a song that's not working. Um, I tell people that all the time, like, yo, listen, like they're not all going to be good and they're not all going to be keepers. Um, so when I, when I get into writing an album, uh, it's, you know, it's an obsessive freak show. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> so we have diagnosed you as OCD. Yeah, right, basically. Uh, no, but you know, like, um, I just, I want people to realize, like, the time that MCs put into this and the writing um, and the performing and, like, the perfecting of the art. Um, anyone who's, like, kind of doing it on a serious tip, like, especially, like, me and, and my circle of friends, I mean, this is something that we do every single day. Um, I mean, I write every, every day at some point, I may not write a full song, but I'll go back and I'll write, you know, over songs that I'm working on. So do you um, just like get an idea and then maybe put it, um, like in your phone, like to remind you, yeah. later, like as a note or something like yeah, that? Yeah. So it depends on what's near me. Um, if you like walk around my house, you'll see little pieces of paper with like two words on it that you're like. I'm big on words. Like I'll come across words that I'm like, oh, no one's, no one's talking using this word. Oh my God. There's, yeah. So like I have these little pieces of paper with like little phrases and then um, I have a notepad on my phone that I'll just, you know, be sitting in a doctor's appointment or something. I'm like, oh shit. Like, let me, let me capture this before I forget. Yeah. Sometimes when I'm like listening or watching movies, um, which isn't like too often nowadays, but um, there'll be like little quotes from the movies that will like inspire me to like yeah. kick off some like lyrics or, you know, certain things like that. Um, but as far as like the writing process, I'm very much the same. Like I'm very OCD. Like there's yeah. been songs that I've been holding on for like seven years that I'm just barely getting yeah. mastered right now um, yeah. to like release. And it's just, I think it's one of those things 
things as musicians that it's it's very intimate and it's a piece of your like heart and your soul and it's not something that you just want to like put out to the world unless you think yeah. it's going to be like that like uh, you know that fucking like fire bomb ass piece yeah and, exactly and, and it is hard sometimes that's why people have like producers and fucking other shit so you can hand it off to somebody and they can be like oh, okay well you know change this or keep this or whatever and you know the people us like me and you who decide to like do it all by ourselves then we remain like all obsessed and ocd about it because we don't basically, know when to stop yeah, basically <laughs> exactly um yeah so like i try and keep everything organized um I don't write, I type. So I have, I have my own little process on that. It's I type everything out on my laptop um, so that I can go back and edit easier. And, you know, a, a lot of people write, like physically write. Um, not, I'm, not me. I don't know, I don't know where that came from, but that's like my comfort zone is typing in front of, uh, a beat basically, you know, and just pouring over it. Um, and I'm really good at writing at night for some reason. I'm like a wicked night person, like most musicians. Um, so like I'll get an idea at like two in the morning and start writing. I'm Like I said, I'm basically just always writing. As a lyricist and as an MC, like words are the most important thing that you can come across. Cause so many people are rhyming generic ass shit together. You know, yeah, yeah. day and hey and say, and it's like, it's, you know what I mean? Like it's been done. Like it's so. It's, I feel personally <laughs> assaulted by that comment, Mr. Speak. Um, I, try and, I try and take the Bob Dylan approach where it's like, dude, it's just stringing together these crazy phrases and sentences and, and concepts and metaphors. And it's so that kind of pours into my shit. Yeah. A lot of my shit, a lot of my shit is kind of written in code. Cause that's just kind of the, the type of writer I am. Um, oh, what kind of code? Uh, it depends, you know, like when I'm writing personal stuff, um, you know, uh, basically it's, it's just a whole lot of dark metaphors that, that mean something to me. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that somebody has to like actually decipher and like try to like figure it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know, man, you got to, you know, you got to put things, you got to put things in for yourself as well. Uh, like I've snuck in like phrases and words from shit that I wrote when I was like 15. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just to like, so I like, keep it real for myself of like, you know, carrying that legacy forward. So, yeah. So my writing process is, is yeah, all over the place, but, um, well, it's cool to hear it though, because uh, why do I keep hearing myself in the thing? Um, it's it's cool to know though. I'm always interested in people's writing processes, and I haven't really talked to too many MCs. Although I um, am, yeah, I listen to the music all the time, but as far as like the writing process, I'm not super familiar with. Um, yeah, very very few of us are you know instant write it recorded. You know, like anyone who's who's doing this for real, there's a so much practice that goes into it, especially with cadence and rhythm, and and it's like it's a whole science on its own. Yeah. When I was listening to your um, album, I just couldn't help to be reminded a lot of like the earlier, like the way Eminem used to 
throw down like earlier in the days like the whole because i really uh, I just i love i don't his newer stuff i'm not a huge fan on um although don't get me wrong like i, I do love eminem um but his older like his oldest shit that like when he first fucking dropped it like i think it was like early 2000s or some shit yeah like, he was rhyming like he was doing shit people weren't fucking doing like the way that he was like dropping his fucking um his lyrics like in different places like he wasn't like how you were talking earlier like just like making shit rhyme i mean yeah shit was rhyming but he was like making it he just had his own fucking style you know what i mean and um, i don't mean to compare you to him but that was no 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 it's funny because that's (laughs) that's the uh, that's like the one thing that haunts most of us is when people, you know, because you're like a white boy rapping, people are like, oh, you sound like Eminem. And it's like, yo, like there's 80 other influences on this that you have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? So like, I always got like the, I always got Rage Against the Machine and like Ghostface comparisons. Um, But yeah, I'm sure Em is in there somewhere. I mean, that was just, you know, I'm just throwing that out there. I actually... Yeah, yeah, no, I... Hey, you know what? That dude is a gajillionaire, and everybody knows who he is, and he sold millions of albums, so that's a pretty good comparison either way. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. I'm a huge Eminem fan. Always will be. You know, his his newer stuff is kind of... um, questionable but whatever yeah. like i said everybody has to reinvent him reinvent themselves at some point in the industry in the during their career um take yeah, a drink exactly. and so you know it's just a part <laughs> of his, his second drink yeah dude i'm sure plenty more than that um i was reading one of the reviews for your albums and i really loved the way i didn't get the guy's name that actually wrote the article but i really loved the way that he described your new album that you just dropped he writes a blend of dope rhymes, funky reggae-infused hooks, insane yep. personas, and sing-song hooks. You get it all on this joint. If Bob Marley, yeah. R.A. the Rugged Man, and Zach De La Rocha has some wild, trippy orgy that yielded a, chur- a child and an album, I'd present speak the rebel and vital baboon to the world like Rafiki presented Simba <laughs> in the Lion King. Dude, yeah. that's that's a pretty like, you know, that's a really good review. I mean I ain't never read nothing like that. Yeah, that's that's um <clears throat> that was written by a dude named Brutus Maximus, who is the head writer for uh Raw Side Hip Hop in Australia. Um it's it's crazy like the the albums reach other countries um so i've had australia uh the czech republic reviewed my my album there was a, a website out there um it's and and like yo it's been popping off in like brazil big time with the reggae um yeah yeah so that that was yeah that was that it's fun when you're able to get your music to like reach other countries and it's funny because other countries they they love american music so much and it's a lot yeah yeah, it's a lot easier to get like noticed in other countries sometimes than it is to get like noticed right here in your own country no matter like how fucking badass you are like sometimes you just have to like go out of the country to like really like boost your numbers and shit which uh you know i get it you know and i think it's fucking cool shit you know like like we forget that like america is just like one part of the world you know like there's still 
what, like six and a half billion other people out in the world outside of America. So like we forget that there is an entire world to market to um, and an entire world that like digs what we're doing here. We're spoiled here, especially in hip hop because I'm like as East Coast as it gets. I mean, we're, we're right above New York City like New York City is like five hours away from here. So like it rubs off osmosis. So like I'm spoiled and we take this for granted, but like to the rest of the world, we're like, we're the originators, you know what I mean? So I, I don't think a lot of us realize that we're, we're like cultural, you know, bearers of this to the rest of the world. And actually the Europeans are like the, the most supportive hip hop heads I've ever met um those dudes are just obsessed and it's it's amazing it's uh it's how hip-hop here was back in like the mid 90s so yeah so my my album's all over the place um that's, that's awesome though that's so cool i'm glad to hear that it's uh it's getting out there as it should because like i said it's a really cool unique style that you have and i think that is you Thank know you. a lot of people need to to be listening to your fucking shit because it's uh, it's pretty fucking dope and uh, I was impressed and it takes a lot yeah, to impress you. me. Just saying. Thank you. <laughs> I try to see like so about about the sound in general. Just to like jump back off about the article there, I tried to model myself after like Bad Brains was an amazing example for me. It may not translate hip hop wise, but the concept of being furiously heavy and then super melodic, like Roots Reggae. Yeah. Um, I just think that's the coolest idea in the world. Uh, Can you say idea for us one more time? Idea? <laughs> <laughs> He's the from coolest Boston. idea in the world. He's from Boston, folks. <laughs> yeah, so I, I wanted to, to bring like that influence into it. Uh, people don't realize that like punk, hip hop, and dancehall all basically popped off at the same time in the same place so you know like the the clash was going to hip-hop shows in like 79 in new york city while they were recording an album and the clash actually does a lot of like really rudimentary uh hip-hop songs and then the clash were also fucking with reggae and then hardcore punk so it was like that's everything that came into me um you know and it all stemmed there was a time when all three scenes were like rocking together in, in the same area during the same time um so when people are like what's up with the reggae part like yo this has been down since the beginning i mean going back to like krs1 like krs always had that in his early stuff and then like just ice and mad lion and those dudes same deal so it uh i wanted to take that concept and somehow apply it to hip hop and you know it works if you work it you know what i'm saying like <laughs> so so there's that yeah just come up with your own movement folks um and Basically. then yeah man no i fucking love your approach and um, i'm so glad that uh you joined us today and that we're having this chat and then we're fucking learning everything about you i uh thank you yeah, we've been friends for a while on Facebook yeah. and, I've been, and I've been following your music career, but we haven't had a chance to actually just like talk and 
know, yeah, so absolutely. that's really cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so tell me about um, Boston. What do you like to, what have you been doing during, during this whole fucking shutdown? Uh, uh, nothing, nothing. I, so I wrote this entire album in six weeks. I wrote and recorded it. I started with nothing. Um, so the first half of the pandemic, like that was, that was what I was on. Um, so you've been writing a lot of music. Yeah, absolutely. This is the first time in probably my adult life that, uh, I'm not working at the moment. Um, my child is out of school. There is nothing to do. So I basically have just been going as hard as humanly possible at this. And it's cool because it's working. Um, so basically, I've just been keeping it myself. Uh, I have celiac disease. So I'm gluten free. Oh, wow. Uh, That's hard. I, yeah. <clears throat> it sucks, man. I've had it since I was like 13. It's miserable. Um, <clears throat> why anyone would choose to go gluten free, like on purpose, just that has like, that's you got a fucking death wish, dude. Hey, that's you can terrible. lose a lot of weight that way. Yeah, I know you can. I know. But like the greatest things ever are made out of carbs and bread and, and all that. I think that they've been doing a lot of good, um, gluten free alternatives though, like the cauliflower yeah, crust and stuff like that. It's come leap years ahead since the beginning uh, when I was first diagnosed I lived off of literally like like nachos and beef jerky because like we knew that was gluten-free yeah I couldn't imagine it's like me uh being I've been vegetarian most of my life and I'm from oh, a, okay I'm from a small town in Texas and it's like you just don't find like vegetarian friendly like restaurants yeah. or like even like I mean obviously you can cook your own food and that's what I chose to do most of the time anyways but you know it's like and then you know as time moved on or as we evolved you know in, in society and, and even that small town um, then they started offering, you know, all these different selections. Like I never even knew yeah. what, what hummus was like, until, <laughs> no, seriously. I yeah, didn't that's know. That's funny. Cause I was raised on that. My family's Lebanese. So oh, we're really? Just, dude, we're just slapping hummus on like everything. Basically that's, that's like, you know, and now it's like, it's exploded. It's like, it's a niche product that everybody yeah, wants. And you go, to, you go to a fucking aisle and you can get like fucking 20 different kinds of hummuses. And I know, it's, it's wild. It is. Wild. And it's, it's, it's the same with kombucha. Like kombucha used to not be a thing. And now you go to the yeah. fucking store and yeah. it's like fucking 20 different manufacturers and all this shit. Um, yeah. It's crazy. So yeah. Uh, that must be really tough being uh, having celiac disease. That's crazy. I yeah. So, yeah. So because of that, like my immune system's terrible and I've basically just been staying away from the world. Uh, it sucks because this was supposed to be my, my summer of like hoeing and playing shows. Yeah. Join, uh, join, join the club. Dude. I was like, I got out of a relationship like two weeks before the world shut down. And I was like, you know what? Like, we're gonna be free. We're playing all these shows. Like, everything's gonna be great. Single, living the shit up. And then the world shut down. And I was like, great. Like, like literally, I had a show like the day after the world shut down. And it got canceled. And then like festivals started canceling. Club shows started canceling. So I was like, great. Like. All right, so I'm just like 
chilling by myself <laughs> for the last like five months basically. Yeah. So did you ever go through like any sort of like depression or anything during this time or? Yeah it sucked. I mean it's been hard for everyone. Um, I'm just living on like you know what this isn't gonna last forever. Um, right? Everything comes to an end at some point and there's a new beginning or a new normal i mean as humans like we adapt to to doing things uh to be social or finding new ways to be social which is pretty wild um so like in a in in some sense it's like yo it's a brand new world like learn how to to operate in it and you'll set yourself apart from a lot of people that uh aren't doing anything um so it's really just been getting creative um in you know finding uh new avenues to perform live and share your stuff um but yeah of course it's, it's depressing as hell you know especially at first there was a lot of fear and you know people are like we forget like people are still dying like a lot of people are dying still and a lot of people are sick and you know everybody's out of work especially up here um you know we're kind of in like well, so is California, I know, but like the East Coast up here, us, New York, New Jersey, like we're getting killed. Like I had Corona. I had Corona Did back you in really? May. Yeah, so I was so I was sick for, for like six weeks at the beginning. Super sick. Um and so like got over that. But yeah, it's depressing as hell. Um but I'm I'm like I've been cool the last probably month or so. There's frustrating points. Um, I think the thing that sucks the most is not being able to perform live. And in between the death and violence, there's a screaming for defiance, and the people will supply it, huh? It's still a motherfucking gorgeous grizzly, shaking gal fucking porches. Evil president, man, gal, just a torsions. Marinate your face with a fucking four tours, bitch. Okay, cool. So do you remember? Hey, hey, hey what's back. up everybody? What's up? We're back. How you doing? How you doing? Uh, <laughs> do you remember where we left off? What the hell we were talking about? I was just talking shit about shit. I don't know. <laughs> I was like music, blah, 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 blah. And then you were like, ah, ha, ha, and then I died. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. It okay. was deep, man. It was deep. Like I they know. missed, they missed me crying, like life confessions, and we we lost the moment. It was like kind of like taxi cab confessions. Do you remember that HBO yeah. show? Hell yeah. It was yep. kind of like taxi cab confessions, but instead <laughs> it was the um, sunshine session confessions. What? Mm -hmm. So that's what happened with that. Um, but yeah, for everybody yeah, that's just joining back, us, yeah, thank you so much. Uh, this is just a special edition of the Sunshine Show. I normally do Mixtape Mondays and Bass Talk Thursday, and sometimes I like to just throw some, some interesting people in the mix, and I wanted everybody to, um, if you are not already familiar with, um, Speak the Rebel, this is Speak the Rebel, straight out of Boston. So, so, so. Huh. <laughs> is that is that was that a good accent, Boston? No, nah, that was terrible. That was Texas all day. 
Boston. Boston. How do you do the accent? Can you teach me? Craig, I don't even know, but I know, I don't know how I, I got mine to be so thick. Uh, you just got to drop the as. Ah. Ah. A-H. Hi, yeah. Vincent. What's up? Thanks for joining in. Appreciate you tuning in. Yes, it is a surprise. I wanted to surprise all my lovely fans and all my lovely friends and family and all the people out on the intranet. And I wanted to introduce everybody to my friend here, Speak the Rebel. He just dropped a new album recently, earlier this month. Um, Five-star reviews. Uh, it's just an amazing <laughs> album. Uh, and you're an MC slash rapper slash lyricist slash spoken word slash you like to go to the library kind of dude. Hell yeah. He's Hell single. Yeah. He's single, ladies, and he's taking I applications. Am, yo, I am. <laughs> so, so he could drop you a mad rhyme, like yo, you know, we could do like "Love Live" with Sunshine um, and with uh, speak the rebel. Uh, yeah, so we got cut off. We kind of were just kind of like kicking it, talking about his history, his influences. Uh, he was brought up on lesbian folk, whatever the <laughs> hell kind of genre that is. His first concert, uh, his first concert was Tracy Chapman, which I think is amazing, and then Slipknot and um, System of the Down is what really catapulted him into his career that he is today. Um, so yes, welcome, 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 welcome. I'm really excited. I want to play a game with you. Um, and this is called Stump the MC. So right. it is my job to stump you. So don't feel ashamed or don't feel away about not winning this game because it's not really about winning now, is it's, it? Everything is about winning. No, sir. No, that's, not a good, <laughs> that's not a good message to put out into the world, okay? Lose as much as humanly possible. Uh, it will, <laughs> I will start off with something... Um, Elementary. Okay. Elementary, my darling. Elementary. Um, you should be able to get this hopefully within 10 seconds. If not, somebody will be at your door in a minute knocking oh, on God. it. Answer it and you're going to get punched in the face. <laughs> okay? Uh -huh. I'm, not I'm not picking a particular song. I'm just going to put it on any track. You have 10 seconds to guess who this artist is. Oh, God. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. I think that's dreams. Ah, got it right. Um, right. Why can't you hear it? I wonder maybe my microphone's not set up. Um, no, I heard it towards the end. Snoop and Dre. This yeah, is Dr. exactly. Gray, the Chronic. Yep. Absolutely. Um, this was made in 19. God, my eyes are so bad. 1992. Good job. That's not. That's not your job to do my was job. Was it 92? Okay, yes, it is. But it's not your job to do my job. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> Dropped in '92 and re-released uh, in '01 on Death Row Records. Obviously, this is a very fucking classic album for anybody, any audiophile out there. So I'm very glad that you were able to guess that because if not, somebody would have been at your front door. Yeah, that's that's like that's day one. Um, 
Okay, we got an extra special one here for you. How are you with the classics? I'm pretty good with the classics. Pretty good with the classics? Okay, you're pretty good with the classics. I can't turn my vinyl up anymore, and if I don't think my, I'm coming through my mic, so I'm gonna try and hopefully you can hear this. Just give it a minute. Just give it a minute. Just give it a minute. All right, my brother. You have 10 seconds to get it. Oh, is that Sly? No. Curtis Mayfield? Yeah. Yeah, it's Curtis Mayfield. Ah. Nailed it. I give myself a half a point on that. Half a point, half a point, half a point. This was released in 1972 on Curtain of Records, everybody. I was negative 14. Curtis Mayfield. Oh, well, you kind of did get it right. Yeah, you did say. You did I got it on the second guess. Yeah. I got it on the second guess. But we'll give you half a point for that. That's I right. like your vinyl collection, by the way. Yo, that's not even the beginning of the beginning. Of I, the I like it. I dig it. I got so much. I got so much. Okay, this one, I died when I heard this earlier because I was trying, I was like, you know, going through this whole bit and trying to pick out songs for you and shit. And, uh, it kills me. I mean, you're not going to be able to guess this. You're not. Is it lesbian lesbian folk music? No. If I would have known you were into lesbian folk, I definitely would have picked out the lesbian <laughs> folk collection, but I did not know. I went to the children. I drank from the fountain. <laughs> Closer I am to fire. He, he sings everybody, too. You can hire him on Fiverr. Um, that was a joke. <laughs> that was a joke. It's not true. Um, okay, are you ready for this? Did you update? just say? Did you just say grinder? <laughs> what did you just say? You can hide. Yeah. <laughs> you just said grinder. You can find him on grinder at any. No, absolutely <laughs> not. No. <laughs> Yo, I'm a back page girl. I'm not on grinder. You shitting me? <laughs> okay. This next, this next album that I'm gonna put you, there's no way you're gonna get this. Like, if you get this, literally, somebody um, will be at your front door to give you a kiss if you actually get All this. All right, I dig and it. And there's no way that you're ever gonna fucking get this. Cause like, I literally, I was very upset when I heard this song because I was like, there's no fucking way. I'll give you a guess. Um, it is um, a theme song to a popular movie that I'm sure you, me, and all of fucking America and Facebook have seen like at least over a hundred times. I'm gonna give you more than I'm gonna give you more than ten seconds on this one because this one's a fucking like you're never gonna guess this. Like you're just not unless you're like a super fan. Right? Sound of music. No motherfucker. Dirty dancing. No, this is not no dirty dancing music. 
Amazing. I do have dirty hands in though, and I totally should have pulled that out. Um, one more guess. This is the theme song to a very popular. I'm going to go with Mask featuring Cher. The Rocky, the Rocky, whatever his name is, story. Oh my god, I love that movie. That was a good movie. That's a oh, highly slept on movie. Oh, it broke my heart. I've always yeah. been like, oh my. Does anybody at home? Fred is dead. No, good, 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 uh, good guess though, Vincent. Does anybody at home have a guess on this um, particular album? Probably not. Are you guys ready to be disappointed? And like Steven Spielberg, really? Are you is ready? E.T.? E no, 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 no. Close though. Oh, damn it. What the fuck kind of a theme song is that for the Goonies? Could we talk about this, please? Yeah, seriously. Like, that's not right. That to like that just, I was very disappointed when I heard that. Um, that's okay. Maybe it though. was just an interlude. It said, no, it said it's the damn theme song. Um, okay, I'm gonna give you an easy one. If you don't get this one, the same person will be at your front door ready to punch you in the face. All right, it's high stakes. I like this. Yeah, man. Only the best around here. Um, this, is, this is Russian roulette with a shotgun right here. Yeah, and my this album might actually be warped a little bit, so it's for like added extra entertainment. Okay. Okay. I don't All know right. what song I'm putting it on. It might be a remix. It might be a something or another. But let's see how good you're at this. You have ten seconds. It better be good. <laughs> This was put out, this was produced 1999. Yeah, boy, you got a good memory and I got some bad eyes. I remember, I remember, Capital Records, Capital Records. They played like three songs off of that album because it was just dropped. At a middle school dance, I was. <laughs> you got a yep. good memory there. You got a good yeah. memory. Um, this one you probably won't know. Well, actually, like I'll be disappointed if you don't know it, but if you don't, it's fine. I okay. picked it more because the the album art's really incredible, and I wanted to share it with everybody. Okay. Um, this isn't music. This is more like comedy. But you and everybody at home should fucking know this and if you don't then it's pathetic um weird al but it's okay i won't i won't i won't um i won't judge you <laughs> no judgments here folks um no i said it's not music but it's comedy okay the album name is called los cochinos okay you ready okay you know and um we were living there ready ready to move ready to jump at the first opportunity you know and uh, along come this school teacher here well by golly i've never seen such a pretty piece of property in all my Wait, life you know is that um, virgin territory you know by golly i've never been in a place like that before oh uh, what the hell is the name of those place, dudes bushy oh it's the dudes uh those cheech and chong yes yeah okay there we go about this album is that it pulls out like this way so it looks like they're in a car and then, oh like, shit the car pulls out you know? nice and i think it's things like the this that like really sets you apart from the rest of everybody awesome. you know and i love i love people that that always think outside of the box um so i got a few more for you can you hear me okay all right 
I can hear you great. Okay, cool. Um, this one, you better know. If not, um, no pizza <laughs> delivery for you tomorrow. <laughs> Don't think I haven't talked to mama. I know what you your, your eat. Phil's, your, your, your introduction and your death threats are the best part of this. I'm glad you appreciate it. Okay, I'm not picking a particular song. Are you ready? You have 10 seconds to guess the artist. Oh, it's most deaf. Hey! Most deaf. Most deaf. The Black Star. Yes. Ridgely came out on Rockus, man. That's a top 10 album of mine. Is it really? Well, the, top who, 10. Who does top her 10. research? Who does top her research? This girl does. How I knew that already. Yeah, did you? Oh, good. All right. <laughs> most Def is like probably one of the most talented pure MCs ever. That's like a huge influence of mine. Okay, ready for the next one? I'm really yes. excited about this one. I'm on a hot streak. You are. I'm really Wicked excited. Wicked fucking for you. hot. This I'm gonna give you a little bit of a 1984. Okay. All right. Let's ben Halen. No motherfucker. Just wait. Um, if you don't get this, it's okay. Like you can still have Sprite tomorrow. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can still sit. Though. Oh. Hold on. It's not Whitney. Hold on. I know who this is. Hey, Christina! Yes, Vincent, you are right. I still have the price tag of everything that I know. It's a bad house. Yo, you is that Whitney Houston? No. You're going to be very ashamed at yourself. Are you ready? Wait, wait. Wait, you want some more time? Donna Summer. <laughs> I don't know. Is right. that Menudo? Is it Menudo? New edition. Oh, new edition. New edition. Yeah, see, I, I never really got into the New Jack stuff. Well, you know what? It's time now. This came out in 1984 by. I MCA like Bobby Records. Brown though. Bobby Brown got some heat. Shout out to New Edition. They're from Roxbury, Roxbury, Mass. Yo, New Edition. What? I knew you'd love that. I knew you'd love that the most. Right there. Okay, I'm having so much fun. I'm sorry, but I can't stop. Why is my internet? No, keep going. Yo, I'm I'm with it. Okay. It's Play like the my, whole collection. It said my internet connection's unstable, so I hope we're, we're like still streaming. Okay. Yo, my life is unstable, so at least it's only an internet connection. <laughs> hey, we're in the same club. Hey. Whoa. Hey. And there's, oh. the, and there's the drum roll, folks. Oh. All right. This I did pick a a. a, a, a I did, I did pick a song, um, a, a special song for you um, on this particular one because uh, I have a funny story that kind of goes along with it. One time I was dancing on a, a chair to this song and I fell backwards and hit my head on the entertainment center. And I think that that has a lot to do with um, who I am today. So you all can thank um, my situation to this song okay <laughs> and me falling off of a chair while i was trying to dance to it nice. are you ready you have 10 seconds to guess i hope this is epic 
Favorites. What did you watch? What is your mom kind of? What was her favorite show growing up? Whenever you were a kid, my mom. What did she like? To well, watch? one of the reasons I'm so fucking dramatic is my mother was into show tunes when I was a child. Uh, so I basically can do like a one man version of Les Misérables. Um, so yeah, fuck around, fuck around. Oh. I should have been in theater. Yeah. Should have been in theater. It's never too late to follow your dreams. It's true. It's true, so, but it's a terrible accent. So. No, no, it's okay. We can take care of that. We can help you. Um, we're going to start a GoFundMe account that is going to help you get rid of your accent. You're going to learn how to break dance. You're going to learn how to do the moonwalk. And you're going to go on Broadway. You've heard it here. I dig Once it. Again. I dig it. Okay, so your mom may not have watched this. You guys are from Boston. I'm from Texas. So if that gives you any kind Dallas? of... Dallas? Is it Dallas? Uh, motherfucker, do not... Do, wait. You it's wait Dallas. This. Sorry, it's not. This is released. Uh, Hey, this was released in 1962 by the Radio Corporation of America. Jesus. Okay, the back of the album says... (laughs) The back of the album says they sing, they play banjo fiddle guitar. Oh. I know, it's very exciting. Okay, ready? Yep. Is that Roy Clark? Now all join hands and make the ring. And circle to the left with our pretty little guy. Break Clark? that ring with a corner swing. Hold on. Now element left with your left hand. Back to your partner, right and left hand. Take your gal and promenade, well, we've had a lot of Saturday night parties here on the Ponderosa. This is the best Campbell? one we've ever had. Yeah, it's sure nice to have all the neighbors here, too. And, say, I never heard Slim Duncan and the boys play any better. Hey, boy, you ought to try a little thing. Did I nail that? Yourself, that little Annie Simpson's a fat, 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 is probably the worst form of music ever thought of. Hey, take it back. Take it back. Rewind, motherfucker, because we got Townsend Sam, we got Willie Nelson, we got Merle Haggard. We have so All right, many. all right. That's class. All right, classic country. That's called outlaw country. I fuck with the classic country outlaw now country. and again. Outlaw country. Well, you need to fuck with it more because it will uh, be a little bit. Okay, you ready hey, with this? You not for this? me. I'm ready. Oh, Bonanza! Yo, my mother would have known that. Yep. Bonanza. Bonanza. My great-grandma, and I'm pretty sure she raised my mom on that shit. And, uh, nice. To this day, if there are reruns, I'm pretty sure she would still play them. Okay, so we have two more. All right, let's do it. Um, 
Um, this one's so brand new. I haven't even opened it. Bonanza. Sonny, I never would have pictured you as a Bonanza fan. Yo, I'm from Texas. Come on. I didn't know that. I had no idea. I didn't know the backstory. Well, I was born, so I was born in Ohio. My family are oh, migrant, shit. migrant workers, so we worked in Ohio. Oh, no and, way. Uh-huh. And then we moved to Texas after that, and I was raised in a small little South Texas town called Kingsville. And then I moved to Austin. I did AmeriCorps. Nice. Uh-huh. And then, I heard Austin's amazing. Yeah, it was so much fun. And then, and then I moved here to Cali, and I've been here about 10 years now. No shit. So you're like literally like the American dream here. <laughs> I do live um, seven houses from the ocean, not to rub it in. Nice. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. The whole Where, where's your family originally from? My dad's uh, side of the family is from Mexico and Brownsville. Okay. And my mom's side of the family. That's a good question. I think Kingsville. Oh, God, I should know that. Um, okay. So are you ready for this one? That's awesome. Yeah, let's do this. All right. Uh. You should know this one. If not, you already know the stakes are high, buddy. Yep. Okay. Are you in the back with those French braids? What's your name? My name is Snoop. Hi, Snoop. What you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a motherfucking husband. As a given. Right? The song stops up. Snoop goes! Came out in 94? No, 91. Night, what, what year did that come out? 91 or 94? Hold on, I'm trying to see. Maybe it's on the actual album. Death Row Records, 90, 93, and then they redropped it in 2001. Oh. And then one of my favorites, I don't know if you're familiar with them, Better Be Though, because it's not. Oh, I know this. I know this. I can't think of the friggin' name. Hold on. Why can't I think of who this is? Is this, no, it's not Slum Village. Oh, Ghostface? Oh, Action Bronson. Okay. Wow. See, I uh, I just fell for the Action Bronson Ghostface uh, parallel. Action Bronson, sincerely, Mr. Wonderful. I am a huge fan of Action Bronson. Uh, I'm a huge fan of his cooking show, and I love Action Bronson watches Ancient Aliens. Yes. <laughs> Show ever made. I mean, yeah, that like that honestly reminds me of some shit that I would do. So I'm kind of pissed that like he beat me to that. Well, it's okay. We can, we can still be Yeah, for real. We could do it together. I dig it. I'm with it. High hopes, high dreams over here. Um, 
I love that story. Like, and I never knew what the true meaning of it was until I was on tour and I hadn't smoked for like a month and I went to go see my cousin. Well, my other cousin, my younger cousin, uh, he think, you know, he's gonna fucking get me high. This motherfucker gave me the hugest stab and I was like stuck on the couch like all day. Nice. Dude, but the best part was actually yeah. Bronson watches Ancient Aliens with his friends was on the TV. So then it like all, it was like, was made crystal clear to me like why the show was fucking made and you gotta be high as hell to like oh, when you watch it. Dude, that's the only way it makes any sense. <laughs> um, Sick, my brother. Thank you so much for taking so much time out Absolutely. of your day today. Uh, we're going on about an hour and a half. I'm going to drop links for your album um, and how everybody can kind of stay up to date with you. Your album drops. It seems like you're writing a lot of material during this time. Oh, come here, Tadpole wants Absolutely. to say hi. Oh. He's wearing a That's sunshine. the first time I've seen that dude. Say hi, I've seen Tadpole. pictures. I made him this shirt. I, I sewed this shirt. <laughs> That's awesome. And it has like little like. Yo, it looks like Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life. I know. He's my little punk rock baby. I dig um, it. But anyway, so I'll drop links for everything. Um, I wish I would have been more prepared and I would have had your album on the uh, USB to play it. But oh, I'm going to drop links to the album. Everybody that's listening, I mean, you know, support our friend support a fellow musician we're all just trying to make it through these times and literally his album's like 5.99 or you know something 5.99 totally yeah totally reasonable <laughs> um and this this is just a great guy and i've had a, such a good time with you tonight Latest. yeah um <laughs> no thank you. thank you thank you thank yeah. you because it's cool to have outlets to to have other people find out who you are i mean even if like one person finds out about me through this it's awesome i really appreciate it yeah dude and um i just found out today that my podcast was approved for itunes so you can nice have, yeah so you can now find the sunshine show on itunes on spotify and most streaming platforms um uh, this is something new that you know i didn't even think i was going to be doing and and i'm just kind of rolling with it it's been really fun meeting everybody and you know just talking um so i appreciate everybody uh being patient with me as i learn how to speak and not mutter and mumble and stutter <laughs> i think you're doing great <laughs> thank you so much um but yeah man i mean you know, I hope you have a really nice night, and uh, I hope you. that we keep in touch, and uh, everybody, out, everybody out there, stay kind, be kind. You never know the battles that people are fighting um, within themselves, and um, just keep smiling and keep your head up. I know this is hard times for everybody out there, so. Thank you. Do, do you want me to shout things out now? Yeah. Do you want me to shamelessly self-promote? Yeah. The All right, so... New album out right now, Vidal Baboon. Uh, you can grab it at speaktherebel.bandcamp.com. Uh, Spotify, search Speak the Rebel. Also, uh, for the YouTube heads, go over to Crate Baptist Records, um, and you can find out stuff uh, that I've done in the past and other artists on the, on the label, such as uh, Prometheus, Kaylee Contra, uh, Grim Moses, I got a new project that's gonna be dropping. This is an exclusive announcement right here. Uh, me and Prometheus 
another dude on, on the label are going to be dropping something called uh, The Goon Show. Kind of nice. like The nice. Show, but The Goon Show, where we're focusing on legendary goons. Um, also, shout out to everyone that's bought the album. Buy the fucking album, please. I'm unemployed. Uh, I'm living off of this. So help a dude. Uh, yeah. So shout out to everyone. Oh, also check out my dudes, uh, Weapon ESP and Ghost of the Machine, Juice Heads, new EP that just dropped. We're doing crazy shit out here in Boston, man. So check us out. Check everybody out. Check me out. Uh, Check, 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 oh. check, check, check them out. Yeah, send me messages, whatever. Um, send him messages, send him money, and he's guaranteed to bully you, folks. So if you want first fucking row seats to the motherfucking Jay Speak show, you guys got to be a part of this. This is so much fun. <laughs> nice. Ah, yo, yeah. but for real, thank you so much. You have a good night. I've had such Absolutely. a fun time with you. We're going on almost two hours. I have never spoken this long with anybody before. Hey, it was so much fun. Uh, tell Love Ma, you. thank you so much. She did a great yeah, job no raising deal. you. And, uh, <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for her, you know, and, and her influencing you, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing. So That's you know? true. Very true. Yeah, so. shout out to parents who support your dreams. Yeah, man. So cool. We're going to wrap it up and I guess we'll see cool. you next time. All right. Next time. Peace Bye, out. Bye.